Are you playing singles? I'm not. I think I'm retired from singles. What? Bro, have you seen Christian Alshon? No. <laughs> that dude's good at pickleball. <laughs> he's faster than me. He's like, all these guys are... I don't like this mentality. I don't agree with this. No, no, I no, 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 no. Unsubscribe. No, no. I am a double specialist. <laughs> that's too good. Is that a... That's, is that Where is that place? Is that a hickey or a, or a welt? <laughs> Tune into this podcast to find out. Um, neither of you have noticed yet. The gum on your sweat on your <laughs> on your that, coat, my friends, is bird shit. Oh, that's good luck. Got hit on the way over here. <laughs> Feeling pretty good about it. I don't know if there's a better omen. <laughs> That's uh, good. wow. That's good. Uh, you were just showing your your welts. You want to explain <laughs> to the people why you have welts? I have so many. <laughs> Do you really? All over my body. Well, this past weekend was uh, was my bachelor party. I had a couple buddies come into town, and uh, on Saturday we went paintballing. Uh huh. And it was not just us paintballing. At first, it was us. We were like the first people there, but I got like 10, 15 pickleballers there. And then these people in like their full uniforms yeah. and like souped up guns and stuff right, right, show right. up, and uh, the equivalent of the dudes who like show up to rack courts in like full Selkirk outfits, for sure. We yeah. all know well, those people. This is the equivalent of like us going there and playing, going to like the Pickle Ranch rooftop and playing with a new Peepo paddle, and then like <laughs> getting in a game with Deckel and Colin. Guess new people won't be sponsoring any uh, any podcast going forward. <laughs> All right, amazing uh, aces. Yeah. I can throw a bunch of paddle brands under the under the. Uh... Yeah, yeah, no, we were we were outmatched, uh, pretty obviously, but there was the one game where you and I were like, let's just follow this guy for we sure. Just followed him up the left, and I think we probably won that game. We had some good teamwork in that one. Yeah, like we were both bunkered down behind this hunk of metal. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. It was a helicopter. Uh, it was a helicopter. So who was there? John Sincola, Jack Monroe. John, uh, Jack, Carlos Adrian. Carlos Delora. Maximo, Carlos. Aaron D'Onofrio. A couple of my buddies Pickle from. Bald. Pickle Bald was there. Let's see. I have the list somewhere or another. Uh, so um, it was it was good. So there was, I don't have the list. There was one game where me and John Sincola, uh, there's basically a map. There's like bunkers. There's houses. The right side of the course, or we'll call it a map. The right side of the map is raised above the rest of it, right? So Sincola and I say, okay, we need to just get to higher ground, so we're going to sprint aggressively as soon as he says go. And so we cruise up the right side, and we make it pretty far, and now we're in this house. And Jack Monroe is in a house, like, directly across from us. But I can't tell which house he's in. Sincola knows exactly where he is. Sincola gets hit by Monroe, like, through the window or something. And so he's like, I'm out, I'm out. And he starts walking. I'm like, where is he? Where is he? He tells me that Jack Monroe is in a different house than he's in. <laughs> so Jack Monroe runs up the right side because I'm not paying attention and comes into the building behind me and is point blank. Now, when you're point blank in pickleball or in paintball, it hurts, right? You're supposed to say, surrender <laughs> and the person is supposed to surrender and and then you're out so jack monroe instead just says boo, 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 <laughs> and lights me up i didn't realize he was not 
on my team. I assumed he was just one of my teammates being an absolute moron. <laughs> so I scream at him and I like cuss him out in anger because again, I just got shot point blank. And then I realized he was on my team in Johnson Cola or he was on the other team in Johnson Cola uh, sabotaged me. Oh man. Yikes. Yeah. That does not feel good. Like we all had layers oh, on it and, hurts. and stuff. And yeah, he, he came up to me afterwards cause we were on the same team and he was like, dude, I just lit up Thomas. He's not happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he definitely, I turned around and freaked out. I was like legitimately mad in the moment and he definitely was like, uh, it felt bad. <laughs> well, um, after we finished up, our guy, Diego, was the guy who was like running our group. He had told us about this thing called a white rabbit. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. But a white rabbit is where you have your entire group on one side of this course and then the white rabbit without a gun on the other side of the course. And they have to do a down and back yeah. sprint well, everybody is just unloading all of their, their ammo on, on you. And, like, I was actually feeling pretty good. I got shot a few times, but it was, like, in my gun and it was in my, my hand or, you know, stuff that didn't hurt all that bad. And so I'm sprinting. I make it all the way down. They shot me in the feet a couple times. They shot me in the, in the hands. Didn't hurt too bad. And then I'm sprinting, and I've got my arm up, like, because I'm going full sprint trying to get out of there. I get shot in the rib cage. Yeah. And then for the rest of the time, I'm like running yeah. with my arm down and oh bad. I got shot probably like 10, 12 times in that, in that white, uh, white rabbit. But like half of our group had left, unfortunately. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, fortunately. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. So there are less people to shoot you. But this is basically a firing squad and Zane yeah. just does a suicide and you just shoot him. Uh, so for whatever reason, Zane wanted to do that. I felt like uh, it was a rite of passage on the bachelor can we put, party. We'll put the video in post so people can actually watch it. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I asked the guy, I asked the, the like, 15-year-old referee guy to, to film a video for us. It was, could have been much better, but you got yeah. the essence of what was happening. Lots <laughs> yeah. of gunshots, yeah, one guy idea. running around <laughs> um, but, in an Orlando squeeze hoodie. <laughs> yeah, everyone, yeah. Um, but it was like, uh, yeah, we were comparing it to pickleball the whole time, right? Like, if you've never played pickleball before, and then you're playing with a bunch of, like, four O's, four fives, like, you just get smoked, and... That's essentially what happened. But then we went to a comedy show. And <laughs> during the comedy show, I look over at Zane and his eyes are closed. <laughs> and he's nodding off. Dude, it was past nine o'clock. I go to bed at like nine o'clock. Uh, and then, okay, so Zane is uh, at the point where he's like basically falling asleep. But we keep him awake. And we walk out of the comedy show. We're standing out front. And Zane looks at me and goes, should I tweet that we're going to do an emergency pod? <laughs> <laughs> I go, yeah, obviously. <laughs> now, so. I had uh, a good time at Chili's before this. <laughs> yes, they went to Chili's. You guys actually went to Chili's. We did go to Chili's. I thought you were joking when you told me that. What's wrong with Chili's? <laughs> Chili's Nothing's wrong with Chili's. No, 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 no just... don't get me wrong. Chili's is kind of gross. But, like, it's gross and, like, you know it's gross and you embrace that it's gross. And yeah. they had some. they had some good... Drinkity drinkities there. Enough to make me want to fall asleep. Well, even at the comedy show, you were ordering some like fruity drink. And I was like, dude, you're not going to, you're not going to make it. No. And that drink was bad, but the comedy was pretty good. What I saw of it. (laughs) Except for the ones where you were uh, asleep. Yeah. So we got some good, we got some good hate messages. Like, dude, come on. 
who, for, who the, actually, for the emergency pod that yeah. didn't happen. Who actually thinks we're going to podcast at, at midnight on yeah. on a whatever it was, a Saturday? Like, Well, the only reason to do that is if it were insane news. So, And it wasn't. Yeah, no, there was no news. <laughs> there wasn't. Uh, so I apologize, kind of, not really. Yeah, you guys got to know when you're getting trolled. Like, yeah, yeah. am I just too good at trolling? Or yeah. I think you guys got to take some accountability for getting trolled. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, real, so. real quick, going back to the the comedy show, we we instituted something new here on the pod where we allowed listeners to call in and provide voicemails for us to react to. Uh, so check our socials in the future. Uh, we'll be posting a few days before, so get your calls in. But uh, this is from the Pickleball Lotus uh, and directed to you, Zane. So you know who that is. I've got an idea of who it is. <laughs> Let's see if this we can hear this. Hey, this is uh, Pickle Lotus. Um, from Austin, Texas. Big fan of the show. I uh, just wanted to call because over the weekend I was at a comedy club um, kind of close to campus here in Austin, and I thought I saw Zane uh, sleeping in in a chair front row of the show um, probably around 8.30 p.m. I, I, I just want to make sure that that's not the same guy, right? He wouldn't fall asleep in public. I right, appreciate it. Thanks, guys. That's good stuff. Do you know who that is? Yeah. Is that somebody who was with us? Yeah, yeah. That was uh, Carlos. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> I am like, so, it was stand-up comedy, and I was like eight feet away from these comedians' tops. I am Yeah, yeah. Super you were in the front lucky. row. I was in the front row. I am so lucky that I did not yeah. get called out by one of these comedians, yeah. like, just roasting me for falling asleep. But really, if they did, it was kind of a roast on themselves. Like, oh, man, am I really that right, bad right, if the right. dude in the front row is falling asleep? Yeah. No, uh, if you, I mean, these aren't, like, big-name comics with established careers, right? These are, like, up-and-comers. So you can only imagine. I, I wonder if any of them have ever dealt with... Uh, and uh, somebody asleep in the audience before. It can't be very good for the confidence. <laughs> I just am not a night person. And like when I drink, I, and I had like a little bit to drink for, and well, a ton to drink for my standards, but for like normal human being standards, I had like probably two and a half standard drinks. But that's enough for me. And uh, it just makes me want to go to sleep. Yeah. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what I did. Uh, all right, what do we got next? Uh, Zane, you threw this in here. Uh, not really sure uh, oh, yeah. what I this so. entails, but Zane's $500 in singles involving your girlfriend slash fiance. So I realized this yesterday. Yesterday I filmed a whole new segment of YouTube videos where we're doing some challenges, and I'm really excited about it, but I was doing a cash prize. So I th I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, I'm going to pay these guys. Whoever wins, wins the money. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get $500, and I'm going to get $500 in singles to make it look better, because $500 in singles looks a lot better than $500 bills. And so the Thursday before my bachelor party, I say to my fiance, hey, can you go to the bank and get $500 in singles? And she's like, what the hell are you gonna do this weekend? I'm, I'm like, oh crap, no, 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 it's for a YouTube video, it's for a YouTube video. Yeah, right. And I told this story to everybody yesterday and uh, they loved it. The only person who did not love it was my fiance, but she thought it was funny that I didn't even think about, <laughs> yeah, you didn't think put about it that before uh, before the bachelor party. Yeah, you, uh, you better make uh, this video, make sure she watched it just to um, you know, ease her worries. Noted. Yeah. <laughs> the $500 uh -huh. all made their way back to the apartment yesterday, so. 
Don't rob me. Uh, all right, are we talking pickleball? I think so. Got uh, a pretty sweet new event coming up. Uh, it's new for the Dink and going to coincide with uh, the Super Bowl in Vegas. So, Yeah, so we'll be at the Plaza Hotel and Casino. PPA has done some tournaments there. APP has a really cool venue, rooftop. 12 courts, one like really great championship court. Um, we're doing a celebrity pro-am and an amateur tournament. So that's February 9th and 10th. Uh, is the amateur tournament on Friday and the Celebrity Pro-Am on Saturday? I believe so, yeah. I, we better get that right. Um, yeah, so celeb- no, Celebrity Pro-Am is on Friday and the amateur tournament is on Saturday. So if you're going to be in Vegas for the Super Bowl, uh, come out to the tournament. Uh, you can also buy tickets to watch the Celebrity Pro-Am. And we will have uh, Logan Lyle, who, if you don't know what Doc Talk is, go look it up. But he just does like sayings and dad jokes on a dock, and he has like millions and millions of followers for it. Uh, we've got a bunch of Super Bowl champions like uh, Golden Tate, uh, Marcellus Wiley from you know SB Nation and ESPN, Kelly Dodd from the the Real Housewives, uh, Case Patterson will be there. Uh, Are you kidding? TV, Trill Williams, um, Cliff Avril, Tony Crosby, uh, and then we've got Matt Manassi's going to help us host it. We got Connor Garnett there, Cameron Blackwood, and uh, you know there's going to be a lot of other talent. It's going to be really cool. So um, you can find the uh, article on our site where you can register, but we're also we'll also put it in the um, show description here. Uh, if you're going to be out there, would love to see anybody out there to come uh, come compete. But so is this something that cool. you guys are like? hosting and putting together yeah so it's us and the inspiring children foundation and uh then the plaza hotel and casino crew um so yeah so i mean it's the best pickleball venue in vegas super bowl weekend it should be should be pretty awesome for so. sure yeah that sounds like pretty sweet what's the uh what's the celebrity pro-am gonna look like uh we're gonna pair people we're gonna do uh round robin and a playoff it's gonna be live streamed so you can tune in on the dink youtube and then it will also be um, played afterward on Pickle TV um, if you're uh, subscribed to that. So, do we know if any of these uh, pro or the the AMs have any game? I mean, Casey's got game. Golden Tate's got game. Bryce Butler plays a ton. He's training with uh, Tyson McGuffin. I think like was that like today or yesterday? Yeah, we got a, a post this morning. Uh, yeah, Bryce is out training with Tyson. Got his Selkirk bag ready to go. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Um, so yeah, should be should be pretty good. Should I play as a pro? <laughs> do you, you can do whatever you want. Go for it. <laughs> Send it. Um, but yeah. Okay. All right. What? Uh... Well, in other words, uh, we're coming up on a big deadline. Uh, tomorrow is January thirty first. Uh, yeah. The so called self imposed deadline for the MLP PPA merger. <laughs> uh, still have not heard too many updates. Uh, what's going to happen? I don't know. Does, do uh, do you know why this is a a deadline? Like what what makes January thirty first have any significance to you? Or what you know? I thought it was December thirty. Arbitrary deadline. Right. I mean. So yes, it's the new the new deadline. But what does that mean? Yeah. I would uh, at this point bet money that it doesn't happen tomorrow. Like no, I think we need to have some. I think we need to have some some odds on some of these at this point like 
do you have to just drive to Florida to be able to bet on whether the merger happens or what? We got to ask our girl <laughs> Sophia from Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, the, it, by all accounts, it's moving in the right direction. There's still some outstanding items that they're trying to sort through. So one of which is this management fee and the liquidation preferences, which are details surrounding the capital injection that was supposed to be from Al Tylus and um, Jason Stein, which then, if we remember from previous episode, Tom Wagner came in and sort of offered better terms, but then he pulled out. So now it's back to, I think, sort of the original structure, but now there's some negotiation around what the management fee actually is and what the liquidation preferences are. Um, What I've heard is that, so Jimmy on King of the Court said that One of the biggest holdups is the fact that they want all players to sign a deal. I think we all know that that's pretty implausible and not going to happen. Not everybody's going to sign a deal. I mean, that's just just the way it is, right? Uh, But they do want MLP MLP players to finalize their reduced contracts, so the revisions. But then they also want all the PPA players to commit to a certain amount of Major League Pickleball events. You can't have a draft until you know how many events, which players are going to play in. Right. Right. So obviously this first event is canceled. I think they're hoping that the first event will be March 30th in North Carolina. Um, But then I think there's also an interesting detail is, you know, top-notch management, which played a huge factor in all of this. You know, now they're being essentially shut out by the PPA uh, and – I think there is something going on with the players who were signed with Top Notch, and now the players feel like they can't rely on Top Notch, and they're essentially negotiating their own deals, and so there's stagnancy because of that as well. And then I think the other detail is, is Duper going to be a part of this thing or not, which we still don't have clarity on. It seems like Duper is, you know, just from the outside looking in, it seems like they're very much acting on, on their own. Right, but I would I would assume that they would be caught in some of this holding pattern if they really were going to be looped into some of this deal. Right, if MLP is in a holding pattern because they're not going to do anything until they merge, I would think that Duper being owned by MLP and being part of this new merged entity would be acting in a similar way. Mm-hmm. So, at least based on the way that they are acting, it seems like they're going to be on their own. But, um, yeah, I thought it was interesting the, uh, the, the comment that Jimmy had made that, uh, that they want every, every pro to have agreed to a, a reduction or a new contract before basically moving forward. Um, I just don't think, I don't see how there's a world where that happens. <laughs> I, uh, I don't either. So to right? me, it's I've not heard like on they the, just want on the, the key f- players. Yeah, well, I've heard on the flip side, right, there's a lot of people who are not negotiating anymore until the merger happens right Right. so i've heard both we're not going to negotiate with you until the merger happens the merger's not happening until uh the players agree to these reductions uh those are definitely mutually exclusive uh statements there Mm -hmm. right they can't not have it uh cannot have it both ways um so what's what's your status in all this my status is very much uh unknown i'm waiting to i'm waiting to to hear and i'm you know i'm i feel like i'm sitting at the table waiting for a negotiation to to happen like yeah 
I've been pretty clear in where where I am 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 at. Um, been clear since the beginning, since this entire thing happened, that the you know pay cuts are are reasonable and to be expected. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm sitting at the table, but I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. And you're you're I mean you're planning to play PPAs next year, right, or this year? Um, I mean I'm playing a PPA. I'm playing Desert Ridge this uh, this weekend. Um, but uh, I will. A lot of it depends on where we end up with these with these contracts, mm-hmm. right? If I if I don't end up signing an MLP PPA joint contract, I can't imagine going to play either of those events. Um, but you know the the objective is certainly to to play those. Yeah. Right. So one interesting detail is that if you play an APP, you essentially have to make that up in PPA or MLP day. So if you go play an APP, now you also have to play an additional MLP or PPA. If is this you, based on a modified contract that somebody has? Uh, what uh, what this, is this based off of? Is this it- is something that Jimmy said. So this is not something I had heard elsewhere. Um yeah, so I, I guess to your point, I don't know if that's like a blanket stipulation or if that's for certain players like a Georgia Johnson, for example, right? But mm-hmm. if it were a blanket policy, you commit to every MLP, right? So that means if you go play an APP, you have to commit to a PPA, one for one. Yeah, I mean, our commitments are already, regardless of what version of a contract you have, our commitments are already pretty um, extensive. So... Yeah, I mean, I think the the moral of the story is there's just still still so much in the air. It's still yeah. so unbelievably messy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we get this figured out sooner rather than later. Yeah. I'd love to play pickleball at some point. This uh, play <laughs> yeah. pickleball tournaments. Right. That'd be nice. What do you think is going through some of the lesser known players' heads that that sign some deals both on PPA and MLP that. Definitely not the the lucrative deals, but certainly enough money that could be considered a full-time job and allow them to to make that break. So we've talked about the fact that like some people made this commitment with certain expectations, which made them feel secure enough to leave a full-time job or another career path, only to then find out later that the deal was not as they expected. And, you know, in that case, we're like, well, those players got completely screwed. On the flip side, there are these, uh, you know, like during the talent race, right? Like there were a bunch of signings of names I I hadn't heard of before, right? Chow Yi Wang, Camilla Zilvetti, Liz Truluck, Richard Livernoise Jr., Eric Pillay. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But, you know, these are, these are people that were signed to essentially create density in the rosters, when there was the talent race, right? Some of these players who signed agreements were then offered a buyout. Some of these players, you know, when they were offered the deal, they were like, sure. Now they're offered this buyout and they just get to take a big check and go home. And then if they want to, they can negotiate deals in the future. But I know for a fact that some of these players just have, you know, 50 grand or whatever in their pocket now that they wouldn't have had otherwise. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So So they just get bought out and then. Yeah. The pickleball lottery. Why are they. So these are all 
with the exception of Richard and Eric, the first three names that you mentioned, Chow Yi Wang, Camilla Zilvetti, Liz Truluck, they're PPA signed players, right? Um, I think the last two were were uh, MLP signed players. Yeah, I don't know if any MLP players were offered buyouts. I know that PPA players were offered buyouts. Interesting. Because okay, I think that... the MLP players were offered the sort of like revised agreements, which right. was just like a reduction in sort some of... cases by like 50%. Makes some sense. I would think that not honoring the job, not honoring the pay of somebody that did quit a job, that's the probably the biggest legal exposure out of all of this because they have serious damages. They could say, I made a decision based on this contract, which you are now violating. Not only did you violate not pay me the amount of money that I'm owed, I also am out you know, six months of salary because I made yeah. this. and. I don't know the, how that works legally, but I'd assume that there's some damages there mm-hmm. above and beyond what they are actually owed from a contract. Yeah. Yeah. But you would assume that anybody who's willing to go and try and get damages out of either org is sort of understanding that that's really going to screw over the relationship and you know how they're going to be able to participate moving forward, right? So Yeah, I mean, that kind of goes both ways though right like okay it's gonna screw over the relationship but these people aren't paying you right i would say that they're firing the first shot like that that's screwing up their relationship more but like so what are you just gonna bend the knee to somebody that's has an agreement and and isn't paying you like sure maybe they're looking for some some flexibility but uh it's not right. They're the ones that are in the wrong. Like, it's not wrong to sue over something that you're genuinely owed. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, they're not going to be happy about that. Right. <laughs> they're definitely, nobody gets happy. Nobody would be happy about that. Yeah. Except for these players who just have a check and didn't have to do anything. Yeah. Which is wild. I'll I take sh- a buyout. I should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll take a buyout. Anything else you guys want to touch on on regarding the merger or let that dust just settle and we'll see where we're at next week? <laughs> yeah, right. That's kind of how it is. Yeah, we'll just week to week at this point. Yeah, we'll we'll see what we hear between now and then. But I mean, it sounds like everything's moving in the right direction. Everybody's at the table. Everybody's interested in moving this forward. There's just these details, but you know, we've said that before, so we'll see. Awesome. Well, we're gearing up for Desert Ridge. Uh, I'm super excited to watch this tournament. There's some cool matchups. Um, they are still going to be implementing the new serve rule uh, yeah. to get some more data points on that. Uh, Zane, I mean, you lost your first serve. Do you like this new one? I've <laughs> lost like every every. I mean, no, I'm not r- really a fan. I understand the intent of it. Basically, the new serve rule is you have to drop the ball from your waist. Your hand has to be over the ball as you drop it. You cannot toss the ball up. Um, the idea being the highest you could possibly hit the ball would be at your waist because the ball is already starting there. But there is still so much subjectivity. They say that you can't toss the ball up. Can you toss the ball forward? That was a big argument that Ben had that he was not tossing the ball upwards, but rather tossing it forwards, which we don't know whether or not that is still, I don't know whether that's legal or not. Christian Alshon posted a clip on Instagram of him asking for clarity from a referee is what, what part of the hip, right? Your hip is 
a, a decent size of like thing, right? Flesh. Is it the is it the bottom of your hip? Is it the top of your hip? Right. Like, is it the top of the hip bone? The bottom of the hip bone? Hips kind of go like diagonal across <laughs> your body, right? Like, where on the hip? Hip is. And then you know, there's also stuff where, what if you are crouching downwards? What if you're in a crouch? What if you're squatting? Right? Is it the height of your hip in the squat, or is it the height of your hip? If you were standing up straight, right. at what point can you then like sort of go crouch down below it? It's a, it is very much a mess. It's very much a let's use the drop serve without using the drop serve. Yeah. But keep all the ambiguous rules. Yeah. 72 faults were reported during just the qualifying rounds at the PPA Masters. Just qualifying. Yeah. Yikes! I wonder what that. How do I wonder where that stat came from? Like, who was who was tracking that? Was that PPA Don? put it out? That was a PPA. They posted okay. that. Um, I wonder how. So much, they weren't shy about it. I wonder how much there were in the uh, the main draw. Right. I don't know. The but, qualifiers are probably the ones that are least plugged into some of these changes, right? So somebody probably went up there, thought that they were going to serve like Tyson from his your nipples, and uh, just went for it. The old Tyson nip serve. Gotta love it. Um, yeah, but so now players will be given a warning. So you get one warning. I think, I assume that's per match. Um, so you at least get, you know, it's not like you, yeah. There's also going to be a consolation. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. I just, there's no, they simply moved the problem area from the belly button to the hip, mm-hmm. right? Now it's all, it's not, now it's less of a question of, is this person hitting too high by their belly button? It's now, are they hitting too high by their hip? So the enforcement element of things is no, no different. It's just a slightly lower, the issue is moved a foot lower, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's still equally difficult to enforce the rule. It is now just different height that we're having trouble enforcing the rule at. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but to your point, like people change planes in the midst of a serve. Like Ben's a good example where he sort of does this little squat and then he extends upward. Um, you know, a lot of people kind of come up on their tippy toes, right? So the hip, the hip's location relative to the ground changes throughout the motion of the serve. So right, which like, hip are you talking? Is about? Is it at contact? Right. Is it when you're like standing up straight? Is it like when you start like your first move? Like again, it's just. If you're loading on your back leg, right? If I'm serving into the court, my front leg, my my back leg is the one driving the power. My back leg is going to be lower than my front leg, mm-hmm. right? Which hip are we talking about? Yeah. I assume the front, the higher hip, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, they're just just I don't know. I just if, you know, if they if they continue with this, which you know, the fact that they're they're using this rule again is an indicator that they would continue to implement this moving forward. Will that then be also applied to the amateur game? And then does that become some sort of thing that people are trying to enforce when they're, you know, at the courts just playing pickup and stuff? So that would be uh, that'd be a nightmare. But the really unfortunate thing is now this is going to give credence to all of the people in my comments on YouTube that say, I thought you weren't allowed to toss the ball up. Yeah. Like that is the the number one like uh, misconception about the serve among amateurs they're like, I thought you couldn't toss the ball up. And I've been saying for forever, no, you can toss the ball up to 20 feet if you want. Right. 
Well, now you can't. <laughs> now there is actually some something to that argument, and uh, yeah, it's just more more confusion. Mm-hmm. Well, another interesting development is that uh, J. Dub Johnson and Dylan Fraser are not going to be here, uh, along with Jack Sock. Actually, um, mm. Dylan and Jack Sock went the distance in singles last last uh, tournament, and so uh, do you think they're going to be kind of following George's suit and going APP, or what was the motive behind this? I don't know, but they're a part of that whole Johnson 5 discrepancy, so I'm sure it's like the contracts aren't figured out. This could be some sort of like, well, fine, we're not going to play until we get this figured out. That's speculation. Who knows? I would doubt J-Dub and Dylan want to go to APP. I think back during the um, the talent race, I was just hearing that it's very important for J-Dub specifically to be able to play against like the best talent. And he wants to be able to play against Ben, for example. Right. Uh, so I would doubt that J-Dub would ever just go the APP route. And I assume Dylan and J-Dub kind of operate as like a package. So no, I wouldn't see them as APP players. I could see them doing it as a, as a bargaining chip, yeah. right? It's all, it's a lot of politicking and posturing right now. Um, right. J-Dub and Dylan not showing up. Georgia, meanwhile, is playing APPs. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's, uh, I think you have to be willing to go, like, in these negotiations, right, you have to be kind of willing to go nuclear in order to, if they know that they're, that you're not going to press the button and actually leave, they can, like, they can just do whatever they want basically like you have to you have to be able to and willing to walk away nobody wants that i don't think either side wants that but it's a powerful tool to be able to walk away so in their absence um obviously last week we found out that newman's been driving down to practice a little little bit more with thomas wilson but i mean we've got some big big players out there like wright and agonowich um tyson's gonna be playing Say that one again right and who Iganowich. Nice. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Wrong? No, it's good. Igna- I don't care. Ignato. <laughs> no, no, no. He was he got it. Yeah. Iganowich. Well, Iguanowich. there's Deckel. Iguanowich. Yeah. <laughs> I like new, it. New nickname. Uh yeah, I mean there's just some some great duos out there. So who who do you think's gonna kinda take that secondary spot? Thomas and Riley. Yeah. Playing against them, what'd you think in rec? They're fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean you walked out, right? <laughs> that's true Dude. i did walk out of one point that that what's funny about that clip is that is like i walked in and that was the first clip i recorded and I'm you like, walk oh, in i God. walk out what a coincidence <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if you guys don't know what we're what we're talking about uh Deckel and i played against riley and thomas at uh carlos delora's new lab here in in austin which is a cool little one court indoor facility getting some they were getting some practice together getting some reps together and we did have some pretty crazy points including one where Deckel and uh and Riley had a crazy hands battle and then there was an ATP and Riley defended an ATP that was and way out that was way out and then I was Deckel was out of the picture and I'm I'm coming over for the cross and I've got an overhead and I just net it yeah and grabbed my bag and walked out we didn't see him again Never. That has not been seen since. Uh, um, so playing against them, you thought they were pretty formidable? Good yeah. Duo. Yeah. No, Deckel and I d- did not win a, a game against them in, really? in two days. We played two two-hour sessions, and we had some, some close ones, some good points. But, you know, they are they're really, really good. 
I, I think that the big key there, I think that they are best off with Thomas on the right and Riley on the left. And kind of what we saw and spoke about in our last podcast, breaking it down, Thomas actually taking his forehand off of Riley's forehand, running around and taking forehands from the middle of the court. It's going to give a different look to to Ben and Colin, which I'm sure they'll make an adjustment. But Thomas is a very, very underrated player still. And I think that that's a, it's a streaky combo, but I would put them for a team to beat Ben and Colin. I would put other than J-Dub and Dylan, I would put those two as the, as the favorite followed by, I like the, I do like Matt and James together. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Tyson and Deckel together as well. And I think you kind of know what you're going to get out of Pablo and, and fed. And I don't see them really challenging Ben and Colin a tremendous amount. They have in the past, but I think they've sort of solved that a bit. Yeah. Well, another uh, facet, I guess, of this upcoming tournament is uh, not by choice. Pat Smith has been suspended for just this tournament. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's in regards to a a comment he had made uh, regarding the Masters when the PPA had posted on socials, uh, canceled uh, all bronze medal matches due to injuries and withdrawals. Um, He made a statement about it, but what do you guys think? Yeah, so PPA at the Masters announced that the bronze match is uh, is canceled due to injuries and withdrawals, and Pat Smith then takes to, uh, to Facebook, I believe. Just an update. No one withdrew, in all caps. The men's bronze medal match not happening had nothing to do with any of us players. Wanted to play, even asked to play at the original start time, 10 a.m., but they wanted it to be streamed and moved the start time to 11 a.m., well, Frederick cannot be on two courts at the same time, so we decided to split the bronze. Um, it was interesting, too. The In our most recent um, email from the PPA, they said, if you withdraw from the bronze medal match, you get a $500 fine. Um, interesting. Yeah, and it was coming, you know, one tournament after, after this. Right. Um, you know... So it's, Pat is just to clarify because we assume because of that Pat is suspended for um, for Desert Ridge, so he's taking the tournament off, so he won't be there at all. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I you know I've known Pat for for a long time. I, I assume that he's not lying, yeah. right? Like about that none of the players were were injured. Mm-hmm. I think you know there's. If there's somebody's word that I'm going to trust, it's it's Pat. Um, so if this fact pattern is correct, a player speaking out against the tour and getting punished is for for something that actually did happen, right? Is is brutal, right? Like yep. you said, what happened, and you get punished for it. Right. Like I think uh, I think more things like this are. Uh, are inevitably going to lead to a player's union. Mm-hmm. Again, if a union is actually realistic once we're negotiating against one entity, right? When there's you know, when there's 
a players union or association or whatever that's trying to represent players from MLP and PPA and APP, I don't think that's possible. Mm -hmm. Right. But once it's us against them, then I think, uh, then I think, I think we are actually relatively close to getting, getting something uh, together. Takes time, but yeah. So there's the players committee right now, which seems to be involved in the the decisions regarding the serve rule and, and the seating. Um, do you think a topic like this gets bubbled to the the players committee at all or no? Sure, I mean it can, but it's just like well, the players committee can say whatever they they want and um doesn't it doesn't change whether they're going to implement anything or not. Like so I'm sure this will be brought up, but yeah. whether anything will be done about it, I I doubt it. Hmm. So yeah, so I I talked to Pat and he was just like, "I'm suspended for one tournament. I can't say why." And he sort of just kept like saying that he was being very careful. Um, so uh, he said, "I have accepted my suspension. We'll be back at the next one and want to move on from it. The suspension doesn't affect me, but my part doesn't only affect me, but my partners too, for which I'm very sorry." Uh, for and feel terrible for i don't want to ever cause another issue for them again so he's kind of taking the high road he's staying out of it and he's like let's just put it to bed and and move on but yeah he's you know he's suspended for for a tournament has anybody ever been suspended like this before not that i know of i guess i I guess now we know the uh the line you can you can flip somebody off you can throw paddles but yeah, he can't uh, have an opinion on what happened. Mm-hmm. Was AJ ever? He just went right back into the next tournament, didn't he? Well, I think there was a deal brokered. <laughs> I think there was uh, an agreement between all parties involved that uh, everyone accepted, so that there weren't further punishments and issues. Yeah, but I mean, but like, as that's nuts, right? Like a physical altercation doesn't result in a suspension, but a a post about what happened in a match does. Yeah. I mean, that's that's brutal. Well, it could also just be the fact that now they've implemented this new tighter policy where they're just not going to... They're going to tighten the reins on everything, right? So maybe this is the case. Maybe we'll see more suspensions moving forward. True. Yeah, that's, that's a possibility. It's an interesting fact pattern. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, moving into the draw, I mean, a lot of things have shifted. Uh, a lot of people aren't going to be there. A lot of new in- interesting matchups and pairings as well. Um, in men's singles in particular, there's no Jack Sock who, or Dylan who went all the way. Um, do you guys see any rising talent that might still be able to take Ben out of that? Or do you think Ben's going to come back and fight for this one? Well, yeah, is, is Kwong Dong in there? I believe he is. Let's see. There's Is Christian I mean, you know, there's there's now a decent chunk of players in the draw that have yeah. beaten Ben one time or another, right? right? Like, I think the people that have a game to beat Ben, um, I think Federico can do it. I think Christian can do it. Um, I think Kwang Dong can do it. Uh, Connor's done it. Um, you know, I think Ben is still going to win the most singles titles of anybody this year but it's going to get harder and harder for him to to win any given one yeah right and that doesn't mean 
anybody is necessarily like gaining on him, right? Or becoming a bad. It's just that there's more people who are strong talent that he has to fight through tournament in, tournament out to reach that gold medal match. Well, and I would say, I think that they are, I think that players are gaining on Ben because Ben's at a different part of the learning curve, right? Like he's not, Ben is the best, yeah. but he's not getting better as fast as some of these other players right. yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's already so good and it's very, very difficult from his position. So relatively, you know, if Ben is a 7.1 duper, you know, Christian going from a 6.8 to a 6.95 puts him in, in a window where he can be beating Ben a certain mm-hmm. period amount of time, mm-hmm. right? If you're duper, and we're just going to use duper as like the best example of, of skill level, if your duper is a point lower than Ben's, you're going to win 0% of the time. If it's a half point lower, you're going to win 0% of the time. If it's a quarter point lower, you might be winning that matchup 5% of the time, mm-hmm. right? And if it's, you know, if it's only a tenth of a point lower, you might be at 25% of the time, right? And so now with every with all these different players getting closer, his first couple rounds aren't a full point lower, they're now a half point lower. And his second his his next couple rounds might be that quarter point where he does have a 5% chance of losing, and then the semis and finals might be that 25% chance of losing. So everybody else catching up does make it more difficult for him, I think, to put together five matches in a row. Mm-hmm. Just the, I guess, the probability is uh, gets a little more difficult for him. Yeah. Are you playing singles? I'm not. I think I'm retired from singles. What? Bro, have you seen Christian Alshon? No. <laughs> that dude's good at pickleball. <laughs> He's faster than me. He's like, all these guys are... I don't like this mentality. I don't agree with this. No, no, I, no, 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 no. Unsubscribe. No, no, no. I am a double specialist. I understand and respect singles, but... I think where the I think it takes more time for players to come in and and play uh, doubles, and we've talked forever about specialization. Yeah, you know I'm fast. I've got good ground strokes. I'm smart on the on the court, but I'm not as athletic as some as some of these tennis players coming in. I'm just not like I played D three tennis, and I was like decently good at that. All right, dude, we're gonna. Listen, we're going to have to start doing some mentality coaching sessions. Okay? No, dude, I'm a goat. Let's get doubles. you hooked up with David Goggins, and he can start talking some sense to you. I don't like this mentality. I do like David Goggins. Yeah. Just... No, I'm just – I'm being smart about it. Like, I'm still going going balls to the wall for doubles, but you can't be the best at uh, at everything. Yeah, I mean, I beat you in singles, so. That's just, it's... It's just – maybe a point. <laughs> <laughs> My guy's just throwing just wrong stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> um. If singles and doubles were on, like, different weekends, would you be more inclined to play singles? I guess my question is, how much is sort of, like, the physical aspect and the grind of trying to play singles in two doubles events factoring into your decision? Not at all. I mean, like, I don't mind okay. the I don't mind the grind. I think it's just the, the putting in the time outside of, uh, of the tournament. Right, it's the training the singles versus training the doubles. You've got Ben right down the street. I mean, you can't, you wouldn't say if I go train with Ben a few times a week, then I'm getting repetitions with the best guy, and therefore my game's going to be better. I'm going to have a better shot, right? No, I mean, I, I certainly could. Like, I, I definitely, I have plenty of people I can play singles with. It's not an issue of getting the good practice. Like me. 
I'm just going to keep talking. <laughs> it's not an issue of, of getting the good practice. It's an issue of every hour I spend on the court playing singles is an hour I'm not practicing doubles. Yeah. And I think for me, I, I am not as fast or as long as some of these other players, which is going to limit my upside going forward. But I think I'm still going to play probably the the slams in singles. Slap a little bit, you know. Stay stay fresh for for MLP Dream Breakers. Can still bring it there. Yeah, old man still got it. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, but yeah, no, Thomas. If you, you you know you beat me in singles that one time, why don't you get out there and play some of these these pro draws? This is great. You're I'm like I'm get you're finally admitting it. Um, <laughs> you know I've been thinking about it. Yeah, I've been thinking about it. Um, you know, thirty one. Maybe got three years left doing yoga. Maybe I'll make a run. We'll Yoga's see. good. All right. What do we got? You want to touch on any of the other divisions? Uh, I mean, women's singles, there's no Parento. Uh, that could get spicy in singles. Is there no Anna Lee? There is Anna Lee. There is Anna Lee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So opens the door for Jansen, Todd, and Davidze. Um No, it doesn't. <laughs> Not if there's... Have any of those people other than uh, Paris one time beat Annalie? It I guess it opens the door for them to get to a final. Tyra. Is Tyra, Tyra playing singles? I'll have to confirm. I don't know. Hmm. Um, no, well, Tyra was saying she's pretty much like done with singles, so I doubt she is. Wow, what a shitty attitude. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you and, and Tyra in a session with Goggins. We'll fix you guys right up. Now, I love my David Goggins, man. I've read his books, but smarter. you got to be smart. Do you read them or do you listen to them on audio tape? I sat down, purchased a book made out of paper, and read it. Okay. All right. Good. You guys don't know who David Goggins is. How do you not know who David Goggins is? You gotta Stay on, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean's going to be emailing me my, my ProXR Game Plus swear jar here for uh, for Stop Alzheimer's now. I think we're at 60 for today. So, um, Okay. So, uh, so my one question actually, though, for you, Zane, is like, do you think, to what degree do you think Rachel... Rohrbacher is like a mainstay in women's doubles. I mean, it, it seems like her and Anna have a pretty good partnership here. You know, I, she's she's still like very new, and when you think about the reps she's gotten, it's pretty limited. Uh, yeah. Like, do like what do you think her potential is? What's her ceiling? How did they do at uh, at the Masters? Do you remember off the top of your head? They got second, I believe. They got they got to the final. Yeah. Um, Silver. Yeah, I mean, like Rachel's just. A baller. She hits harder than pretty much any of these females do. Um, she has unbelievable speed ups, good hands. Um, they she meshes well with Anna. Um, so yeah, I don't see why she wouldn't be a, a mainstay. She's not going to get worse, right? People might start to figure out some of her patterns, but like, I think the improvement that comes after that and following that is there's still a lot of upside there mm -hmm. so i don't know what do you what do you think about rachel i don't know that's why i'm asking you okay i mean i think her results are really impressive i would have expected her to you know kind of like when anybody comes in and has some good results and people figure it out and figure her out and then she sort of you know recedes a little bit um 
or at the very least plateaus, but it seems like her results just continue to get better. So I don't know. I just she's one to watch in my opinion, but that's why I brought her up. Um, all right. So in the interest of time, I think we should move on. But uh, are we going to do voicemails too? We could tap into some of those. Do we I have other voicemails? Yeah, okay. let me get them. Um, no, I just want to know if that's something that we're going to do at the end because I do want to talk about this front office sports profile on China and their play into pickleball because I thought it was really interesting. Did you look at this? I did. I read through that uh, that article. Um, yeah, so, take it away. Yeah, I think just like some some high points, right, or some uh, talking points from this. Um, China, like, they want to lead the world in pickleball, right? So in five years, they expect to have 10,000 courts, which is about how many the U.S. has uh, as far as like the last report. I'm sure it's much higher now. And they want to have 100 million players, and the goal is Olympic domination. Um, obviously, they've been very successful in badminton and table tennis, uh, and they want to essentially replicate that, but for for pickleball. Um, and so Seymour Rifkin, who, you know, what what what's he best known for? I guess the World Pickleball Federation. I think he was he pretty started the pickleball in. Hall of Fame before I think USAP started a competitor to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, right. Um, and he's just been like an ambassador for the sport. He runs IPTPA, which is the yep. coaching certification. He runs, I think, founded, what did you say, the WPF? Yeah, right? the World, World Pickleball Federation. And the Pickleball Hall of Fame. And I think there's probably some other stuff. He does a lot of, he does a lot of stuff. Seymour. Actually, Seymour is one of the first few people that, um, that I started playing pickleball with back in the okay. Chicago area. So he was a, he was a goat back then. Um, and, uh has over the last few years definitely spent more of his time off the court, you know, doing, doing yeah, this type of stuff. Um, but yeah, good dude. I've known him for a while. Polarizing. Like he doesn't have, he doesn't hold yeah. back. Right. Like he has big, big beef with USA pickleball. He's got, uh, yeah, right. You know, he's got his, uh, if he's got an opinion, he's gonna, he's gonna say it. Yeah, so I, I've never met him. He sounds like he's a pretty in, intense guy. He like, does Ironmans and triathlons and stuff like that. Um, but he's been taking these you know, groups of people over to China to sort of you know, spread, the, spread the word and spread the game. I was asking around based on some of the numbers in this article, and I think you know, he might have been exaggerating a little bit, but you know, a few interesting you know, tidbits from this, right? So, Well, the way that I read it, though, was – this is his conversation with a, a Chinese official, which is then being picked up by um, front office sports. So it is a little bit of a game of, of telephone, okay. right? Okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, because I just like, so I'll read through some of these numbers, right? Like, so he said that he inquired how many students attended a university that he was visiting in China. He was told 50,000 people attended the university. And he asked how many play pickleball, and they said twenty five thousand. That's insane. It also is something I find very hard to believe, <laughs> um, which is why I'm sort of like you know my my uh, my radar's up here because I, I don't know some of these numbers just seem insane. He said that he went and he had a few pros, and they did an exhibition, uh, and the exhibition had four point eight million in viewership. For comparison, last November's USA Pickleball National Championships had 2.6 million, and I think there was questions around how we got to that 2.6 million number. For further comparison, 
the World Series averages 9.1 million viewers per per game. So those are like insane numbers. I mean, even if they're like a fraction of that in reality, like still, still pretty crazy when you think about it. I mean, I would imagine one of the three of us would have seen that video, if that were the case. Well, no, what was aired in China. Ah. Right. But although there was something um, I saw in that article about, like, filling up a stadium to to watch this exhibition, I believe. Yeah. Like, I would have... Th- and he said everyone in the stadium bowed to him when he walked in. That must have been interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah. I would, I mean, like... The pickleball god. I would think there's got to be somebody taking pictures of this stuff, right? Although it is a little dicey over there if you're, you know, I know there's not very much freedom of of press. I don't know. I don't know if you can't, like, take pictures or whatever, but, like, I would think that if this is really, you know, filling up a, a stadium, like, you should have somebody take a, a picture of that. <laughs> yeah. um, there's, like, just no evidence of this other than these quotes. Um, but, like... Here's the thing. It is very, very believable, right? Like, and I could, I, you know, there is, the reason we're talking about it is because it, it makes sense, right? Like we said, you know, China has mi- tons and tons of badminton courts, and they're the same exact specifications. You just have to move the kitchen line a foot further back. Mm-hmm. So they have the, they have the infrastructure already built. They have a, a, a literally a billion people and a lot of a very big uh, table tennis uh, population there. So they have people who are interested in paddle and racket sports and they have the courts basically already. So like mm-hmm. it does make a ton of sense that this could take off unbelievably quickly there. Yeah. Um, which is why we're, you know, talking about it. Yep. They have most of the manufacturers of pickleball paddles. Um. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's just also the broader point of if China really gets into pickleball, you know, that increases the chances of pickleball, you know, sticking around and and not plateauing or eventually sort of dropping off, like after this initial bubble that some, some claim it is. Um, but they'll also help push it into, into the Olympics, make it more of a global sport. Um, but then, so there's this UV guy, right? So he's a, like a pro out of what, India, I believe. And he was on It Feels Right. And he said, this is sort of his quote about um, China getting into pickleball. These guys are going so serious. They're not going to compete in tournaments in the next three to five years. They're just sitting and grinding and training every day. They're not even allowed to post videos. So the world is not allowed to know where China's level is. Then one day, when they're ready, they're just going to come and take over. <laughs> Pretty interesting. Yeah, that's that's that is interesting. But I don't. I think there needs like like in Duper, there needs to be some connectivity, right? Like there needs to be some link between them and us for them to even have a reference of whether what they're doing is correct. Okay. Right. Like, how do they know if that's really the strategy? How do they know Are you? I don't even think you're trying to tee up my next uh, point here, but it's perfect. I'm not. So <laughs> what is the next What is the next deal? Duper has a legitimate deal with the Chinese government, right? Oh, so okay. That was a good spending, segue. Yeah. <laughs> they've been spending time uh, in China. They've done over, they've helped facilitate over 30 tournaments. They've done them in like Beijing, Shanghai, and a bunch of other cities. Um, 
one of these Chinese officials that they've been dealing with is touting Duper as the bridge between pickleball and China and globally. And he kind of said that at this, like one of these pickleball events, right? Um, they have contracted two Chinese influencers um, who have partnered with the Chinese Tennis Association. Uh, and they are kind of helping to lead the development of uh, pickleball in China. Um, and then, yeah, so I think it's only been seven months that Duper's been in China, and China is one of their top five countries now. So, you know, what does that actually mean in numbers? I don't know. Um, but, you know, they're, it's, it's gaining traction. And the fact that there is Duper is going to, to your point, be able to indicate, you know, how good are these Chinese players relative to, you know, U.S., India, mm -hmm. Australia, Canada. Uh, so there is that connectivity, right? Interesting. But even, you know, at the, at the pro level, like, they can't train in solitude. Is that the right? Yeah, by themselves. They can't train right. by themselves. Yeah, they don't have the talent. Right. They're not going to get good reps unless they start they're going to like need to send a faction of chinese players over to like compete on the PPA or something. Right. Or at least like they would need to hire like some recently retired pros or something or some pros. They would need to get some people that they don't consider to be a threat to like go over there, play against them so they can at least sort of gauge their progress. Yeah. Right? They have no metric to measure how good they are if this is the plan. Right. Yeah. No, but, but I mean, you see it with, with table tennis, right? You see the way that they have kids grinding from the age of, like, yeah. three years old. Know, like, I when I see those table tennis points yeah. of some, like, four-year-old girl that can barely see over the table just yeah, falling right. out, like, <laughs> that's that's what we're up against, boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, the right, the obsession will be there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we've said this before, right? Like, you can, you can dink all day. You can work on your fundamentals. You can work on your thirds. But unless you're playing against the top talent, you're not going to reach that level. So that's going to be their biggest barrier. Hey, what's up, bro? Hey, you into pickleball at all? You into pickleball? No? All right. I've got a nice little side hustle going here. I basically just show up at pickleball courts and uh, I bring some products that they might need and I, I slang pickleball products. With pickleball being such a hot sport right now, there's a lot of different products coming out and it's hard to keep up with. So I just basically bring the products directly to the customer right here. Hey, hey bro. Hey, you're looking thirsty out there. You need one of these ice shakers? You know, to be honest with you though, all I'm really doing is I just subscribe to the pickleball box and it comes straight to my door with all the hottest pickleball gear in here. And it's like $250 worth of stuff and I get it for 99 bucks. Hey, Donna, I got that new Fila zip-up you were asking about right here. Yeah, that pickleball Fila zip-up, yeah. Yo, these pickleball junkies, man, once you give them a taste of that new product that they got coming out, they can't get enough of it. Hey, Tom, weren't you asking about some pickleball socks, man? I got some socks right here for you, brand new. Yo, did y'all need some sunblock? Was somebody asking about some sunblock? Hey, what's up, bro? You want to check out what all I got? Yeah, come check it out, man. Check it out. Wait, wait, wait. Cops, dude. Cops, cops. Be cool, be cool. What's up, officer? Good day? Having a good day? Good. All right, check it out. All right. Uh, we're back. We're so back. I just got an email, though. Want me to read it? Pretty interesting. My duper just went up. I got that email, too. <laughs> um, Is I duper people... sponsoring us or what? <laughs> like, we're talking they about duper yeah, a lot. Hey, duper. Figure it out. Um, they said, okay, this is actually interesting. I think people will find this. Um, 
useful. But uh, your rating will now take into account points matter. Was this a tight match or a blowout? Duper now evaluates the closeness of the match. So a score of 11-0 will have a bigger impact in your rating than a close match of 11-9 against that same opponent. So to me, that sounds like they're reverting to how it used to be Mm -hmm. because they moved away from that. Recency matters. A match you played today will impact your rating more than a match you played six months ago. Total match count matters. If you've played in a lot of matches, your rating will fluctuate less compared to a player with a lower match count. And every match matters, even against unrated players. Every match counts towards your rating, even if you are playing against someone who is unrated or new to Duper. That part is the most interesting. Um, Right. But, yeah, so some algorithm changes. Yeah, I think that kind of makes makes sense they went to an elo type of model which is just like wins and losses are the only thing that count mm-hmm. away from the um the uh the points model and now it sounds like we're we've gone full circle yeah uh, okay where were we what were we going to next we were about to jump into gambling in pickleball uh connor pardo had tweeted that you can now wager on pickleball in the state of florida um, so you can head over to the Hard Rock Casino to play some bets. And it's my understanding that there is no limit to those bets either. Uh, so you can Damn. you can bet your own limit. Spendy. Well, I probably couldn't. Yeah, you pulled out all those ones, all 500. True. That's true. There's probably some other reasons. <laughs> What's this YouTube video? My YouTube video? No, this one on. Oh, it's a Maddie Pickles. Oh. Yeah, he was just highlighting uh, a Twitter user had driven all the way from what I believe Chicago to Florida just to hammer bets. Yeah, right, and allegedly made over fifteen thousand. But you know, didn't they? They posted some screenshots. I don't know, but I mean, you can always just post the screenshots of the ones that you win. Have you? um, I believe it. I believe this person won. Has there been any like integrity training or anything like that that you've heard of? Mm Hmm. What's that like? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> you haven't there was one back like a while ago okay um i had to watch like a pretty decent video series uh when i was employed at the ppa mm. uh was not allowed to bet uh wish i could have but <clears throat> wow. yeah you weren't allowed to nope not as an employee i mean look, look i mean come I on i was cheering sense. like i could have swayed some matches i'd imagine yeah yeah i mean honestly that could be you guys could just be uh influencers Right, like if I if if somebody's putting a bet on on uh, you know on somebody, maybe you got the hype guys out there heckling them. Maybe we can you, we can be bought. So uh, I mean, who time can't? to explore? Even Jimmy Miller was bought. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, uh, a slave to big pickle now. Um. So yeah, I'm so just this... I'm just trying to start this beef. <laughs> I love Jimmy. I just want to. We need some new beef now that yeah. pickleball studios absolutely completely irrelevant yeah they're like terrified or something yeah i don't know what happened um but yeah so this gambling saga has been exactly that quite the saga uh but i think it was originally in june 2021 that genius sports uh so this is this gotta be wrong original goal was q3 of 2021 i think that's 2022 right i mean it's been yeah it's been so genius talked sports about and, for forever since right. I've been playing. So like 2021, the original, it could be, that's plausible. But there was like an actual announcement, uh, and that was in June 2021. And genius sports, yeah, I think the goal was to have it in Q3 of 2022. 
right? Then there was all this back and forth that never really happened. I mean, I've told this story before, but the reason PicklePod ever came into existence was because gambling was supposed to come to Pickleball, and someone I was working with from the gambling world said, you need to start a podcast so you can get a big sponsorship. That was the reason that um, I ever ended up on a podcast. Let's go. Hey, I, I'm making YouTube videos too, and we're betting in our YouTube videos. Like, come on, I need a, I need a sponsor for those. Yeah, we need to get. Yeah, we need a gambling sponsorship. Um, DraftKings, PointsBet, uh, FanDuel. I don't know. Someone come write us a big check, please. Anyone, yeah. any place where money is exchanged. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we will accept. Um, but yeah, so said we can be bought. Then in March, we had Pardo on, March of 2023, right? And he said, people don't realize how much goes into gambling because he was just talking about how complicated it is to actually underwrite the lines, uh, you know, create the technical infrastructure. Um, and he said that gambling was going to be coming in May of 2023. That's what he said. The big hurdles were rolling out iPads to refs to make score available in real time and two, incorporating old data to set lines. Uh, the first tournament on FanDuel was Kansas City, uh, August 24. In the midst of... That's a wild one to have as yeah, the first. Right. <laughs> when the tour war started. Uh, and so I'm sure that got in the way, right? Uh, and then betting was available via FanDuel in 10 states in 2023. Um, we had covered it a little bit and bet on some of the matches at the Cincinnati Open in September 2023 as well. Um, and then gambling was halted in the fall of 2023 as sportsbook allegedly were losing like hundreds of thousands of dollars of people just betting. Hammering the favorites, on. right? Yeah. <laughs> it was like just too easy to win. Um, and then gambling was reintroduced at the PPA Masters in January um, and expanded to another sports book and state a hard rock bet app in, in Florida. And Connor Pardo tweeted on January 21, you can now wager on pickleball in the state of Florida. Uh, pop by Hard Rock Casino to play and watch pickleball every PPA tour weekend. Um, but I think there's been like some complaints around you know, the actual lines and stuff like that, right? Like lines are only revealed minutes before a match starts, which is annoying for people like us where we could sit here and like make our bets and uh, we could talk about that, right? But that's restrictive. Well, that's, I mean, um, the, the problem with that is just the way that the tournaments are formatted, right? If you go to a progressive draw, you can actually do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was a progressive draw though, so. Oh, still? And it Wait, was which one? The Masters, right? Oh, the Masters still had the same issue with the lines only being up a couple minutes beforehand? And they fluctuated yeah, and like then they crazy. Would, they yeah, were constantly they, changing. Yeah, and they would be there, and then they wouldn't be there. Uh, and then there were, like, the bet limits. Uh, but I guess there's no limits now. And it's expected to be available on DraftKings, MGM, and, and more here soon. So, um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, we're in Texas, so we can't bet on anything anyway, which is frustrating. Oh yeah, to make the drive. There we go. But there I would have go. lost a lot of money on the Lions if uh, <laughs> we had been able to bet. So I guess that's a good thing. I made twenty bucks on the Lions off the Lions with Pickle Lotus. <laughs> I gave them two and a half to one odds. But um, yeah, I, I I'm curious the issue I guess with the with the Hyundai Masters. I would have thought that the progressive draw would solve a lot of this 
issue with having lines that are fluctuating a ton or not up for long enough. Like, you know the you know the matchup an entire day in advance, right? For the right. most part. So I'm I'm surprised that 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 part of things is still an issue. Yeah. Well, gambling's been a big big part of the topic regarding viewership as well. Um, there's been a lot of talk of why there's not more viewership when there's supposedly millions of people playing across the country recreationally. Um, and so we had done a post and got a ton of comments back from that. But um, what, what, Zane, you yourself, like, why do you think that viewership is so low compared to the people actually playing the sport? Um, I think that the people actually playing the sport might be overstated. Right, like we see all these reports of thirty-six and a half million or fifty million or whatever, and I have no doubt that fifty million or thirty-six million people picked up a paddle in twenty twenty-three, mm-hmm. but you can't classify them as a player. Right. Um, so I think our our core playing group is much much smaller than that. In twenty twenty-three, twenty twenty-two, and twenty twenty-one, like pickleball was the trendy new thing to do, and everybody was trying it. So again, I I. I'm sure that top line number is correct, but how many people are regularly playing? I think that's growing, right? That's without a doubt growing. But um, so I think the top line is is I have some serious questions about. And then at the end of the day, like the I think that the way that we're filming some of these matches is still not super compelling. It's a traveling circus that the same thing pretty much every every weekend you see the same matchups pretty much every weekend and i i think that a a team format is superior in the long run and mlp hasn't had the same sort of runway to uh to run as many events and build up a a following but i think over time having home and away and teams that you can get behind with some player continuity is what's going to drive viewership Mm -hmm. so yeah, I I think it's just the number. I I think it's to your first point, like the the number of people playing that know enough about the sport to watch it. It's just it's not like football, right? It's not like F one, where there's this appeal to watching it if you don't play it, right? So you need that baseline of people playing, playing consistently, and actually liking pickleball to get a strong cohort to actually tune into the matches. I think that's the biggest barrier. Yeah. So. Well, also, the game isn't optimized for, for television. It's optimized. It's been under the, uh, basically, guidance of USA Pickleball for forever. The game and the rules are optimized for participation currently, right? We need, again, we need different rules for professionals with the objective being not for participation, but the objective being what is the most appealing thing to to watch, right? So we are making we are making steps away from using USA pickleball rules, but are these steps making the sport more appealing to watch? No. Actually, like dumbing down the serve makes it less appealing to watch. It reduces athleticism in the beginning of the point and it makes it less likely that you're going to have a dynamic point with a third shot drive. That's something that anybody can understand. Somebody clobbering the hell out of a third shot. Mm-hmm. They don't understand third shot drops as much, right? It's not as visually appealing to somebody who's just going through channels, right? You see somebody clobber a pickleball and you're like, okay, well, what's going on over here, right? 
you see somebody hit a feathery little third shot drop, you're like, okay, I'm just going to watch MASH. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the pickleball isn't optimized for viewership currently. There are changes that I think can be made that can make things more viewer-friendly. Again, for forever, I've said spin is interesting, power is not. Power should be generated from the player, not from the paddle. We're allowing the paddles to be way too poppy. Spin is interesting to watch because it allows you to create offense that um, that gets you pulled out of those long dinking rallies. Mm-hmm. So I think we've gone with USA Pickleball rules for, for too long, and now it's time to really optimize for, for viewership. So, and that then converts more of the hardcore players into actual sort of watchers or even people who are just, like I said, sort of scrolling by, checking it out for a little bit longer. You don't have to know anything about tennis to, you know, when somebody hits a 140 mile per hour serve, be like, yeah, that was, that's pretty dope. <laughs> right. What about you, Thomas? Um, I agree. Let's do the sand question. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So our boy Dinky McDink Master, Dink McDink Master, Dink Master. I'll let you read the question. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> if MLP doesn't pay any players in January, does that void the current contract? Are they in breach of the contract at that point? Um, from what I understand and what I've heard, I believe that MLP has until about March 10th is basically the final deadline to to pay its players before the contract is basically like voidable. That's how I understand it. Um I don't know, do you have you heard or know differently? I guess at this point there are now so many different contracts. Yeah. There's PPA original contracts, there's PPA amended contracts. There's MLP original contracts. There's different versions of MLP original contracts. There are amended NUCO contracts. Uh, we are now just talking about so many different things. Um, it's hard to say with, with certainty, and there are plenty of different carve-outs as well. So. Yeah. Mm. Let's do some voicemails. Yeah, let's round it out. All right, these are uh, both from Tropical, your buddy back in Michigan. Wait, I heard, uh, I heard Maddie Pickles also sent us one. Somewhat, yeah. somewhat recently at one forty-eight. Yeah, it might be too late. Too late. Damn. All right. Here's the first one. This is Tropical from the Caribbean calling the Pickle Pod. Very confusing way to leave a voicemail, but we are doing it. Been on a little bit on the low key. It's winter time. Your boy hibernation station. I have a quick question for Zane and Thomas. Zane, is it true that when Tropical came down to the lab? In Austin, he fucking ran the show. Ask, is it true? That's just all I want to ask. Is it true? Come here. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. We're going to have to get his Venmo information, too, for the San, uh, for the Stop Alzheimer's swear jar. Did you play it? Did you play with him? No. I was I was playing, and then uh, he just rolled in afterwards, and yeah. uh, we exchanged pleasantries, and uh, come on. <laughs> uh he's fun to play with uh he's just the biggest hype man playing in a tournament with him is is Bro, hilarious he's got fired. great hands get him into the hype guys 
we had a ton of fun with him in Atlanta. Actually, they brought him in to MC the MLP event there, and uh, you know we we definitely vibed. So we've we've chatted. There's been some uh, potential collaborations coming. So we'll Wait. see what happens. Yeah, the best story about that is he just went rogue to interview Trey Young. <laughs> Love that. That's he was like, sweet. "Let me just go in," and they were like, "No, I we didn't get that approved." And he's like, "I'm just gonna go over there and talk to him." <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Good stuff. The, the man's good at his job. Yeah. He actually he cr- absolutely crushed it. MCing it. Yeah, I like, think they're they're trying to hire him back. I think he had committed. He would have been in um, this first event, and he would have been emceeing. But R.I.P. First no event. Mo. All right, here's here's his second one. <laughs> it's Nick from Tropical once again, calling from the Caribbean. Got a quick question: If you had the opportunity, Thomas and Zane, and you guys got into a boxing match with one person, who would you guys like to? Who would you guys like to fight from either the PPA, MLP, or APP? One-on-one, say three rounds only, knockout double points, knockdown triple points, and no, knockdown double points, knockout triple points. Let me know. Tropical, come on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you first. What do you got? (laughs) You first. Who do I want to box? Yeah. What kind of question is this? I will box... um, I will box... Jay Devilliers, uh, because I don't think he has a killer instinct, and uh, because of that, I could I could take him out and pull off an upset. Nice, yeah, I can <laughs> see I can see that for sure. And he's got croissant hands. Yeah, he's got croissant hands. They're, they're like just so soft, soft and, and like flaky. buttery. Yeah, yeah. Let's see, does it have to be a male? No, <laughs> no, no. I feel like my best chances of, of winning would be uh, against a uh, uh, female. Um, <laughs> oh, but, weird. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I, I'm not very confident against any of the the guys in the pro tour. You know what? I'm Hayden. I'm gonna say Hayden Patrick win. I'm going for Hayden. He's scrappy though. He is. He is scrappy, but like he's probably the only person in pickleball that I have the in male pickleball that I have the weight and height advantage over. Yeah, it's it's Big H. Okay, one hundred percent. Do we have any other voicemails? That is it. All right, um, then we will uh, we'll cut it there. Until next week, pickle pod. Yeah.